This is District Sentinel Radio. It's that newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of the Sentinel Fort in Washington, D.C., a.k.a. Pistown. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. Looks like we've got a new competitor in the fray to try to take down Bernie Sanders. (laughs) Yeah, there is a uh, super PAC that was just registered this week. It's called Beat Bernie 2020. The registered treasurer is a guy named James Kevin Westgarth. I have no idea who he is, actually, but uh, the the address listed, the HQ is a WeWork in D.C. Of course. Uh, So this guy, he sounds kind of like a nobody weenie, and that is confirmed... By the description of the Beat Bernie 2020, or maybe not their description, I should say, their pitch, why you should donate to Beat Bernie 2020. Quote, his campaign is fueled by a rogue army of online supporters who threaten, insult, and bully anyone who dares to question Sanders. (laughs) Yes, they are keeping their donors secret out of fear. Of Bernie Sanders supporters online. That's why they need the super PAC. That's why they need the dark money. (laughs) This is clearly another uh, concerted attack against Sanders using his supporters, uh, the most diverse group of supporters of any candidate in the race, attacking them as uh, bros who are overly hostile. Of course, that's not true, but we saw the, uh, what, president of the culinary uh, union use that as an attack against Bernie. Yeah, the other day, the the Harry Reid tied president of the Culinary Union, and we again saw uh, Elizabeth Warren seize on that to chide the Sanders campaign for having too aggressive of supporters. Maybe that's because all her supporters are all fucking lame as hell. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm breaking my own rule. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You're right, though. Not all of them. I, I, well, yeah, okay. Not a lot all of them. them are. Not all. The of ones them, who are on Twitter.com. Let's put it that way. The ones who have encouraged her to boost Amy Klobuchar. Yeah. And the ones who are very clearly getting ready to jump ship to Amy Klobuchar, <laughs> going from the progressive with the plans to the lady who physically assaults her own workers. This is also. Uh, another thread or another smear, I guess, uh, that they're throwing at Bernie, analogous to the Bernie bro stuff, is that Bernie is divisive. He's not divisive. He just doesn't attract rich people. To yeah, I mean, he's divisive in the good way. He's got rich people pissed at him. But he's, he's got oil magnates pissed at him. He, he's, he's got war profiteers pissed at him. Sure. I, I guess what I mean is he's no more divisive than any other American politician. Yeah, yeah. The other politicians are divisive in the sense of they try to divide working class people against each other. Yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah. just it's pathetic. It's pathetic. All of these individuals would be primo candidates for the garbage can. Nominations are now open for you to submit your garbage can nominees and your honor can nominees as well. It's patreon.com slash district sentinel. You got to be a subscriber to nominate. So uh, now's a good time to subscribe. Get your nominations in. We'll hold the vote tomorrow morning. And then on the subscriber only garbage can show tomorrow, we'll throw someone in the garbage can. Or maybe like last week, throw a bunch of fucking people in the garbage can.
feel like this week's shaping up to be pretty similar to last week. So I feel like Bloomberg's going to run away with it. Or it's just going to be a Bloomberg-themed can. It, it might not be Bloomberg who runs away with it, but he'll be a nominee. And maybe people like DC Mayor Muriel Bowser, who supports Bloomberg, will be a nominee. All worthy. Uh, maybe fans of Bloomberg, like MSNBC uh, anchors, will be a nominee. I think all of these people have already been nominated that you speak of. Not directly related to Bloomberg, but also maybe Chris Matthews will be a nominee. I've seen him nominated. <laughs> for, for claiming that Bernie fans are brown shirts. Or Sorry, was that Chuck that Todd? That was Chuck Todd. Chuck Todd was the brown shirts. Chris Matthews was the one who said... He's going to get executed. He's going to be executed. <laughs> Buddy, yeah. don't, don't tempt me. All right, it's Thursday, February 13th, 2020. Here's the news. The Senate passed a measure to limit the president's authority to go to war with Iran. The War Powers Resolution, which had already passed the House, sailed through the Senate in a 55-45 vote with eight Republicans joining Democrats to advance it. But before that vote, the chamber had to deal with a series of amendments from hawkish senators who really do want to go to war with Iran. First and foremost was Senator Tom Cotton, who tried to insert a giant carve-out in the resolution that would have allowed the president to engage the U.S. armed forces with Iran as long as the entities targeted were deemed terrorist organizations, which would have included Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, which the State Department deemed in 2019 was a terrorist organization. Even though it is a state entity and therefore, by definition, not, not. a terrorist organization. <laughs> Either way, here was Tom Cotton defending his amendment and acting, as usual, like a fucking lunatic. I will spare you the graphic details of what a liquid ball of copper magma does traveling at 6,000 feet per second to the human body, but I will tell you that those were smuggled into Iraq by, yes, the Iranian Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps. So the vote here is simple. Do you want to vote to stand with our troops, hundreds of whom have died at the hands of Iran, or do you want to vote to be a lawyer for Iranian terrorists? What's, what's the pay on that latter one? <laughs> Lawyer's not bad. Sparky scarfed down his cake before heading to the floor, it sounds like. <laughs> uh, Cotton's amendment was defeated, thankfully. However, Ted Cruz's amendment was not defeated. Like a little weasel, Cruz had inserted into the legislation a giant thank you to Donald Trump and other U.S. troops involved in the assassination of Iranian General Soleimani, the incident that kicked off this latest war powers debate. The amendment passed 64 to 34, meaning Democrats supported it. Think about that. <laughs> Democrats are trying to push a war powers resolution to stop Trump from going to war with Iran unilaterally, and many of those same Democrats supported adding language to the resolution commending the president for trying to start a war with Iran. Fucking hate that. <laughs> fucking hate the worst political party on the face of the earth. Can't make it up. I mean, you could now that you know the way Democrats <laughs> act. You can make up the most outlandish thing and it would come true. I suppose it doesn't matter, though, since the resolution is non-binding and Trump will veto it anyways. The notion that Congress actually has the sole power to declare war is illusory. The Constitution is meaningless. The head of U.S. Strategic Command testified today before the Senate Armed Services Committee. Admiral Charles Richard oversees global warfare operations for the military, including cyber, nuclear, and missile warfare capabilities. One topic discussed was hypersonic missile technology, basically missiles that go really, really fast. 
Russia and China <laughs> can they fly in the rain? <laughs> Russia and China already have them, claiming the weapons can evade U.S. missile defense systems. Of course, in a conventional war, these systems could be easily neutralized by Russia and China overwhelming them with missile after missile. Missile defense is dumb as fuck. It's just a giveaway to arms contractors. Either way, military guys love fast missiles and burning tons of money, raising the possibility of a new type of arms race. Here was Admiral Richard talking about this in today's hearing under questioning from Senator Richard Blumenthal, Democrat from Connecticut. Are you concerned about a developing potential arms race in hypersonics? Um, Senator, no. Again, no. <laughs> uh, it is, do you have sufficient capability technologies to meet our national objectives? Uh, and I think we're on pace to do that. Cool. So add hypersonic arms race to things keeping me up at night. In related news, Admiral Richard confirmed that the U.S. is ready to launch nuclear weapons when our enemies have no intention of hitting us with nuclear weapons. Jesus. Very cool stuff indeed. Reactionary Missouri Senator Josh Hawley cues this one up. A senior U.S. official recently was reported as saying, and I'm quoting now, the sole reason the United States has nuclear weapons is to prevent others from using nuclear weapons. That doesn't seem to be exactly what our declaratory policy is. Can you clarify what our declaratory policy is? So the Nuclear Posture Review lays it out uh, very clearly in terms of uh, our uh, strategic capabilities are designed to deter a strategic attack on the United States, which can be nuclear, but I think it wisely acknowledged the fact that it now may be possible to have a strategic attack against our vital interests that is non-nuclear, particularly in space and cyber. So for years, U.S. officials have been warning, fear-mongering about a cyber 9-11 and how we can respond to this new, agile, modern cybersecurity threat of the 21st century? The answer is go back to 1945 and drop nukes. Josh Hawley setting all that up. <laughs> Fucking populist. The populist. The populist Josh, Hawley Josh Hawley pushing for nuclear war here. The Mr. I went to Harvard. I definitely legitimately uh, am distrustful of rich people. My railing against coastal elites is not just thinly veiled anti-Semitism. Oh, no. Next up, the Secretary of Health and Human Services, Alex Azar, was on Capitol Hill today testifying before the Senate, attempting to justify the president's proposed budget, which, as we discussed on yesterday's show, would be devastating for working class people pushing millions off their Medicaid coverage, fucking over people with pre-existing conditions. The usual stuff Republicans do with health care when they take power. But during today's hearing before the Senate Finance Committee, it's what is happening in the Democratic presidential race that animated discussions. We saw Pete Buttigieg attack the Sanders campaign and imply that Medicare for All would take hard-fought-for health care plans away from union workers. Well, here was one of the most ghoulish Republicans in the Senate, John Cornyn, making the same exact fucking argument today. The leading uh, candidate for the Democratic nomination for President of the United States is proposing to do away with all private health insurance, including the Affordable Care Act, and replace it with Medicare for all. So if you're a member of a labor union and you've negotiated a, a good health care uh, coverage, uh, you would be prohibited from keeping that coverage and would everybody be forced into Medicare. That's indistinguishable from what Mayor Pete has been saying over the last few days. Obviously, Cornyn doesn't care about unions or working class people, no, let's be clear. of course not. But when you're making the same argument against Medicare for All that Republicans are making, maybe you should figure out what the fuck you're doing. 
He's a Republican. He should be wedgied and thrown in a trash can. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe it'll happen tomorrow. It's it's the McKinsey consulting attitude. He's he's trying to slyly uh, undermine the hand of labor at the table by pretending like he's actually labor's friend. Here is Trump's health secretary, Alex Azar, laundering arguments we've heard from centrists like Joe Biden and Amy Klobuchar as well on the campaign trail. Medicare for all would be devastating to America's seniors and the American people. It would take away what people like. 180 no. million Americans have private insurance through their employer or through like their it. labor union. That would be stolen away from them. No, it would be replaced with something better. They don't like they it. Like with their settled expectations there. That's why the president's philosophy is protect what works. It and doesn't make work. It better. Don't take away what works. It doesn't work. We have medical bankruptcy. We have medical bankruptcy in this country that just doesn't exist in other countries. Again, indistinguishable from the attacks on Medicare for all that you've heard from Biden and Klobuchar. The only thing missing is Azar asking Trump how his hair would fare in a blizzard. (laughs) (laughs) And then he called me snow secretary. Anyways, this is a simple thing, as pointed out by Bernie Sanders and non-business union leaders like Sarah Nelson, who have correctly noted how workers constantly have to negotiate away higher wages in order to defend their health care plans. And if you take those plans off the table, as Medicare for all would do, then workers would be in a much stronger position to negotiate for better pay. This is truly basic shit that you literally have to be paid not to understand. If you are a labor leader... And you are saying that Medicare for all undermines your hard-fought benefits. You're fucking bad at your job or you're just Harry Reid's golden retriever. I don't know. Finally, the president is seeking to divert billions more to build up the U.S.-Mexico border wall. Lawmakers in the House received a request to redirect some $3.8 billion for the wall. It's hard to get too exercised over this, however, because according to media reports, the money would come from weapons procurement and the so-called Overseas Contingency Operations Fund, a (laughs) Pentagon emergency account used to help finance the war on terror above levels of spending approved by Congress. Critics call it a slush fund, and they're not wrong. Also, some of the money supposed to go to the wall would come from the F-35, the trillion-dollar boondoggle jet fighter that has been in the works for like two decades and still can't fly. (laughs) Using money to build the border wall and realizing the money is coming from procurement of F-35 jets, I'm literally doing the Alonzo Mourning gif right now. (laughs) (laughs) The amount that the Trump admin would take from the F-35 is $419 million, according to Foreign Policy. Money that would also be diverted to the wall includes $650 million for Navy landing helicopter assault ships. So on one hand, you have Trump's racist psychopathic wall. On the other hand, it's taking money from the racist psychopathic U.S. military. Impossible to say who is right. Or it would be, but the wall itself is magnifying the effects of one of the U.S. military's worst crimes, the ongoing genocide of American Indians. Yesterday, Congressman Raul Grijalva, Democrat from Arizona, Warned that wall construction is threatening burial sites sacred to American Indians who live on the border, the Tejano Odham Nation. Apologies if I mispronounce that. Either way, we should be stripping both the F-35 and the border wall of copper wire and selling them piece by piece for scrap. Yeah, that's actually a component of Bernie Sanders' Green New Deal. (laughs) Paying people to take down the wall and every F-35. All right. 
That music means it's time to end the newscast and move on to the poetry portion of the show where we read haiku for all our new subscribers on Patreon, patreon.com slash District Sentinel. I'll go first. This is for Oof Devel. Hopefully I got that right. Hey, we're Fuck Jerry. Bloomberg gave us two grand to cut our own dicks off. <laughs> Thank you, Auf die Welle. Isn't that a German thing? Once again, we've tried our best. We tried. This is for 971. Bloomberg supporters, nail yourselves in a coffin. You are dead to me. Thank you, 971. Finally, this is for Steven. Look lower. Lower? No, even lower. There. It's Liz Warren's polling. Owned. Thank you, Steven. <laughs> yes, uh, thank you, Steven. And thanks to all the new subscribers. That's patreon.com slash district sentinel. All right, before we go, we do have someone here on the listener rant line. Let's check it out. Hey, boys. This is uh, the Macho Man Rand Paul's neighbor. Uh, long time since I had called last uh, you know, I had that conversation on Twitter about our uh, sort of newly politicized DOJ coming after everybody and putting us into those FEMA camps or whatever they plan on doing with Sam sex. And at the end of it, he said, hey, missed you on the rant line, buddy. So I just uh, decided to call in and say, hey, doing okay, and I appreciate you. Thank you. Good to hear your voice again. It's very nice to hear from the Macho Man, Rand Paul's neighbor. Exactly. <laughs> Call the rant line two. Move back to Kentucky sometime. <laughs> Call the rant line two zero two six eight four six one zero eight. Leave a message. We'll play it on air. It's good to hear from old buds like the Macho Man, Rand Paul's neighbor. All right, that's the end of the show. We'll be back tomorrow with the Garbage Can Show for subscribers. Everybody else, we're back Tuesday. Monday's a federal holiday. So we're back Tuesday with a brand new newscast. We're here in D.C. so you don't have to be.